This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 376. As always, a wonderful show and a wonderful panel, and I'll tell you what the topics are for today. We're going to talk about the new indie royalty. We've got three really big indie games uh, coming to the Nintendo Switch, and that's Stardew Valley, Axiom Verge, and Oxenfree, and we'll be talking about that. And we will have a special guest uh, on on the show today. It's actually uh, none other than Gerard Khalil. Uh, Gerard, who the hell are you? Hi. uh, Hey, everyone. My name is Gerard Khalil. Oh, hello. That's me, yeah. Uh, I'm on YouTube as That One Video Gamer for my show, The Completionist. And every week it's man versus game. I've got seven days to fully complete a game, and I've been doing it for about six years. So. been a I, lot of fun. I really only know you as the completionist. There's another completionist on YouTube as well, right? But yeah. but you're you're that one gamer. Yes, I'm that one video gamer. Yeah, that one video gamer. Yeah. Okay. The, the idea was that anyone could be a completionist, and so I didn't think that like having the completionist name was that important. And just kind of like you know anyone can be a musician or an artist or a video gamer. So that was kind of the idea of that one video gamer, kind of like synonymous by association. So. You'll always be that one completionist to us. Exactly. So we'll talk a little bit more about you and uh, in, and your role in Nintendo fandom and, and YouTube. I think a lot of our, our viewers, especially on YouTube, YouTube, have questions about, you know, what what does it take to become a YouTuber and how can you survive as a Nintendo YouTuber Ooh. in particular? So we'll have that topic later. But there's actually uh, there are some other people on the panel today. I see over there, is that Zachary Ryan? It's true, it's me, yes. Zach Ryan. Here I am. Guys, check it out. Look, after all that shaming last week... I have golden Joy-Con now. Wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. You. you know what? It looks a little gaudy. I was thinking of going to gray. <laughs> gaudy. Like I was going to go back to gray. Bye, Zach. Uh, and then on my right, I have uh, the, the wonderful, the only Damon Hatfield. Scoop. Yeah. Thanks Good for having game. me on the show, Pierre. Did, did you have to uh, cancel? So I tried to get Damon on last week, and then last minute we, have to, we had to swap him out because I totally uh, forgot um, no, yeah. that we had somebody else on. It's nice of you having me on. Have me on. I did have to cancel. I'm supposed to be doing a, a VO, record a VO for Saw, the Saw story in five minutes. Okay. So I put, I've put that on hold. I think we're going to be okay. Pretty, I don't know. Pretty, yeah. We'll pretty, see. I think we're going to be all right. complicated, it complex It is very story, complicated, right? yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. Um, let's jump right into, uh, into our coverage this week. One big topic is Super NES Classic. Obviously, we talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, thank you to Noel who uh, who helped me get mine because it was nigh impossible still to find. You've got a little story to tell about how hard it is for people pre-ordering on Amazon. Yeah, today, so right? uh, we actually Forget covered it. this. We actually covered this this week on IGN. Jonathan Dornbush uh, uh, sort of called it to our attention, wrote it up, yep. but. Um, uh, I believe it was August 22nd. Damon and I, you were there too. We were yeah. we were at Gamescom when pre-order, hmm. the pre-order link went live for Amazon. Um, and we were in the fortunate position that it went live in like in the middle of the afternoon or maybe in the morning, I guess, when we were in Germany. Uh, so we were awake and saw the notifications go up. And so the majority of us got our orders in on Amazon like right away. Like I know mm-hmm. within the first 10 minutes that that link was up, I had an order in. Um, those pre-orders have yet to be filled. Uh, a lot of them, the, yep. most of them, in fact. Um, I know Best Buy completed their orders on day and date, but Amazon pre-orders are still missing. And the the real bummer of the whole situation is that uh, a lot of the people that are waiting until an undisclosed date, supposedly it's October 11th now for their SNES Classics, um, were really upset because the Amazon Treasure Trucks, with the, which is this promotional vehicle that Amazon has, they, mm-hmm. they roll them out to different cities and they sell one item each day, were selling stock of uh, the SNES Classic on launch day. Yeah. So 
for somebody like me who has been waiting for the announcement and has pre- did all the steps, like pre-ordered at the right time, got a confirmation on my pre-order, to see them sell it off the back of a truck was like, Literally. Well, wait a minute, that's mine. Like, <laughs> Literally that, the day of. Yeah, that, that, that's my pre-order that you just sold that <laughs> yeah. guy. Like, why don't it's I have up, that? Man. And this guy does. And so there were some inquiries into Amazon. I personally was on the phone to yep. customer service, like three levels of customer service um, last weekend at Amazon, trying to figure out just what the justification is there, if there was any sort of reimbursement. I did get a lot of apologies for my inconvenience, which was did nice. You, did they yeah. give you a $5 credit? They gave me a month of Amazon Prime, and it's like, yo, I've been an Amazon Prime member for three years. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I want my Super Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you talking about? So it's a really interesting and sort of crummy story Dude, that's happening right now because there's a lot of people that – Pay, that they're just out 80 bucks and maybe they'll get their system soon. This is not an isolated incident with Amazon, too. There's something very wrong with Amazon and Nintendo products specifically. specifically. Yeah. My Switch and Zelda arrived days late, yep. even though I pre ordered my copy of Mario Kart 8 was days late, and now this is happening again. There's something really weird going on. Yeah. Some weird supply channel issue. Yeah. But uh, yeah, some of our fans have uh, reached out on this on this particular issue as well. So thank you for uh, speaking out. Uh, one of our, one of our uh, listeners actually reached out to Amazon and uh, somebody told him that they took 20,000 more pre-orders than they were supposed to. Again, it's an unverified number. We don't know if, if that's really the case, but there was this weird duality of one like sign-up page that didn't look 100% done mm-hmm. versus the final uh, pre-order page. So, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Amazon had a glitch in the system where they made something live or, or a page was found before it was ready. Yeah. And unfortunately, some people are paying the price for it. They repeatedly told me sort of hollow, th- like, a, a, basically they're like, we hope to get you your Switch by October 11th, or yep. we expect to get you your, or your NES Classic yep. by October Super 11th, NES. but uh, n- never like, we will do yeah. that. Yep. So it's they still probably don't know. And then the more I, I talk about it, the more I hear people saying that they're also getting theirs on October yep. 11th, so it seems like if that's all happening in one lump sum, maybe they expect a second shipment, yeah. or maybe that's just a date that they've been told to tell people. I just think they don't know. I don't think retailers, I don't think Nintendo has firm data for retailers Especially with with hot items like that, yeah. and so they say, "Hey, we'll we'll let you know when we know." Did you get one? Yes, I did. Yep. I I pre-ordered two on Best Buy, and I walked into a Best Buy and got one, uh, which was which is interesting because I don't so know. You have three? Yeah. Well, I, I have a lot of them. <laughs> I, I, I'm not hoarding them. I <laughs> sure. gave them away. I gave one to my girlfriend and yep. and one to uh, one of my other friends who works with me. But um, did, did you guys go out the day that it came out to any retailers and, yeah. and look? I w- not first thing in the morning, but in the afternoon, I went to a Target and Best Buy, and both were sold out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I called. Yeah, I called two Targets and a Best Buy throughout the course of the day to try and track one down here in the city, and no dice. Mm. Yeah, and it's actually it sort of speaks to how awesome our community is because you got yours from an NVC fan. Yeah, they hooked you up, Teddy. Uh, for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Teddy, who actually helped me get my S- uh, my NES Classic, uh, also saw me tweeting about my problems with Amazon and reached out to me and was like, "Hey, I have extra stock. Do you want to buy one from me at cost?" Mm-hmm. So like, super cool of him. Super cool of our community to to help us out in that way. Yeah, so, thank you guys. And now I'm playing Super Mario we, World because of it. So we, that's we great. don't deserve it. But um, if, you're, if you're still waiting for your pre order, don't give up yet um you know we're we're all hoping that this does clear up and you know as if you're walking into stores right now you are seeing switches so you know hopefully there's uh it's not one thing it's something else isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> yeah. absolutely well, wait yeah. for the wedding amiibo now That's oh my goodness um but more positive news uh darkest dungeon got announced out yeah. of nowhere for the nintendo switch it's a game i haven't played but mm-hmm. you apparently love yep yep uh what do you, why do you love it awesome uh, well, so first of all, it's got an incredible like style, art style to it, and the on audio. 
It's a very like it's one of those games you can look at it at a glance, you instantly know it's that game. You're not yep. going to confuse this game with anything else. But it's a roguelike uh, dungeon crawler, known for its difficulty, uh, where you're, the odds are always against you, uh, but you got to keep going. You got to you got to you got to try to make it to eventually to the darkest dungeon. And it is. It is dark, right? It's a dark game kind yeah. of storyline. And that's theme, actually and a game mechanic. Yeah. You have a torch burning the whole time that you're in the dungeon. Every every it's a turn based game, and every <laughs> turn your torch is burning down, and you have to uh, decide how many torches you're going to take with you on your journey. But they all cost money, so you know it's a risk reward mechanic. There, it's yeah. awesome. I also love the way that they revealed it for the Switch. I thought it yes. was really cool. They yeah. they posted a video on their Twitter, just a, a video of the game playing, and then they like slowly pulled out and yep. revealed that the game was being played yeah, on, a on a Switch. Yeah, it was super cool. That should be a meme from now, and that's yeah. a great way to reveal Anytime a game. Anytime they want to announce a game, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, here it's it like, goes. Show it, everybody goes, everybody goes, oh, crummy off-screen footage, and then, ah. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then they'll have uh, Golden Joy-Con and you know, it, like Sparkle. And, it should be noted, this is a very difficult game. Uh, you, you build up your party over time, and your characters if they survive, you know, they're going to be stronger. Uh, but if they die, anyone who dies from your party is, is there's perm- permadeath. Oh. So Ooh. What could, do you think? You could develop like a favorite, you know, fighter, but then if they die, it's, it's, it feels, feels like a blow. It feels like a loss. You think it's you like could XCOM. finish it in a week? It's like XCOM. Probably not. No? <laughs> well, there's two modes. There's the main mode and then there's radiant mode, which is supposed to be shorter. Okay. Uh, which I think you could, you could complete radiant mode in a week for sure. Nice. What, what what is the aspect of radiant mode different from normal? It's just you don't have to go through uh, as many quests and as many like runs through dungeons to make it to the final dungeon. Basically, yeah. it's just it's meant to be a shorter experience because the actual game is really really long. And this, this is the game that has the like long term status effects, yes, right? Like it has yeah. like uh, like psychosis, yeah, and, like, insanity, yeah. depression, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, well, so your characters get depressed while you're oh, going? Oh, sure. Oh, my yeah. goodness. They might, it's they dark. Can, yeah. Have you yeah. seen it? Wouldn't you get depressed? Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> might develop a sense yeah. Of, they might develop a sense of hopelessness and refuse to fight anymore. Uh, <laughs> they might always try to run from battle. They might turn on your other party members because they uh, become paranoid. Whoa, well, that's, that's crazy. Really yeah. Yeah. That cool. sounds awesome. So no date for this one yet, right? Not yet. But, uh, you know, given that it was running on the machine, uh, yeah. hopefully that we're not going to have to wait too long. Yeah. Uh, also, Tangle Deep got announced. It's a 16-bit style uh, roguelike RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll hear that term obviously a lot now, roguelike. Yeah. Um, especially um, I'm into it when it comes to indie games. You love yeah. those, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, so you, you know, think of kind of classic 16-bit RPGs, overhead view, but with a fog of war as you're walking around. So an, an, another interesting game. But um, you know, uh, Mutant Muds Collection mm-hmm. that Finally, one came out a of platform nowhere. Platform to play Mutant Muds. Well, I've on. actually never played them, so <laughs> really? I'm excited oh, to play yeah, them. Mutant on Muds is great. Yeah. So uh, Jules, who actually has been on on the show, the the developer behind this. Um, you know, he he's. I think he struggled a bit with uh, a Chicken Wiggle. He recently yes. released that yeah. on the on the 3DS. Really good, great, like really cool platformer. It's with arrived the, a little too late on that yeah. platform, I think. And I think he's been really bummed out about how you know Barry that game is on that platform. So he you know he looked at Mutant Muds. So he's bringing back. Um, uh, it's a triple pack, right? Uh, of of the two uh, original games, but then also uh, a new puzzle game that we haven't seen before in the collection. You played those games? Uh, I played the first one a while yep. ago. I, uh, I'm subscribed to IndieBox, and so they sent me... Mm-hmm. I, Mutant Muds is one of the games that came in the cool box. So I have, yep. a, I have a really cool, interesting collector's nice. that is very limited. But yeah, it's a very fun game. Yeah. It's awesome. It's uh, it's brutally hard though. There, I mean, yeah. you have to make some pixel perfect jumps in some cases on yeah. that one. So uh, that trailer just went out. So uh, look it up if you want to see uh, Mutant Muds. We covered the original game before on NBC yeah. as well, and obviously had our chat with Jules. So if you uh, if you Google Jules, watch him NBC, you'll you'll be able to watch that as well. Um, but of course, the biggest news of the week. <laughs> well. 
is the next Splatfest. <laughs> Zach is shaking his head. Uh, you guys know I love Splatoon. Uh, the next Splatfest is mostly notable due to the theme of it being about pooping. Which yeah. is awesome. That's why it's on the show. It's awesome. It's no, it's toilet paper. It's like what is the what is the correct way to hang toilet paper? The front or back? Front. I mean, obviously or behind. Front. Yeah. So it's not it, even a question. Are there any behinders here? Uh, no. I think that's front. bizarre. So, guys, I will flip the toilet paper roll if it's behind. Yeah. It's in my front. house or any place I go to. <laughs> like okay. if I'm at your house uh-huh. and it's behind, you don't I will have to worry about that. Roll. That's a non-issue. My house is always front. Are you a front? You're yeah. front loader. It's a front yeah. household. Gerard, uh-huh. Gerard isn't I'm, sure if he's I'm, front I'm, or I'm back. I'm definitely front. You're definitely yeah, front. Okay. Who is behind? I, I, I know. I, it, so it seems like a pretty Australia, yeah. probably Australia. Yeah. So yeah, probably <laughs> right. It goes the other way. Yeah, it goes the other way. So some people say people who own cats. Well, I, do the behind I'm, thing. I'm a cat owner, and I'm front all the way. Because they go, right? Yeah, my cat. I feel doesn't like a matter. cat would be able to get to it, yeah. like either whatever. Way. Like, yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. They're gonna, they're yeah. gonna smack it down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's a, it's a, <laughs> I love these themes. I mean, that, this is a getting, particularly weird one. Japan's yeah. getting sponsored stuff like McDonald's-based yeah. stuff, and we're getting, we're getting pooping. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. I, I. I I'm glad that this Splatfest is coming up this weekend. I have admittedly dropped off Splatoon pretty hard. Yep. Um, when Splatoon 2 launched, I played just I was just playing the hell out of it for well, weeks. Well, this is what's going to get so you back I, in. I think so. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, what am I going to do? Let these animals that, that backload? Animals. Win? He, like, no way. Here's the, the word of warning, though. If everybody picks front, you're going to have a hell of a time getting matches. Yeah. And then you'll just be well, matched that speaks, up against your own team. That speaks right. to sort of a bigger issue, right? Mm. Because like, I feel this is the third Splatfest in a row that's just geared towards having uneven teams. I mean, yeah. I thought ketchup and mayo was, would be a little bit closer, but the ketchup team was much larger than the mayo team. Yeah, we still terribly. won, but yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it, yeah. All right. Well, well, hopefully there's some kids who don't know and they'll pick team behind. They should do cats. Not and your dogs. kids. Yeah. They should do cats and dogs. They, I think they did cats no, and dogs do in the, in the first, yeah. in the first uh, sessions of Splatfest. So anybody watching this, uh, you know, leave a comment if you are a team behind because we want to meet your people and we want to set you right. I still hope. Uh, actual big news, though. Stardew Valley mm-hmm. is out. So yes. when you're watching this, uh, Stardew Valley out on October 5th yep. um, for the low fee of just 15 bucks. Uh-huh. Stardew Valley, if you haven't played it before, it's our. it was one of our Game of the Year nominees, actually, in 2016 mm-hmm. when it was on PC. Um, who here? Who has played it? Who loves it? Uh, I have played it and loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah. um, uh, The thing about Stardew Valley, it's just systems stacked on top of systems. It's a really interesting game in the fact that it looks like a 16-bit RPG. Obviously, there's like a huge Harvest Moon influence. But then you can also like do dungeon crawling. There's resource management. Like just there's an insane dating sim built in there. And I admittedly didn't get super far. I probably played... I don't know, eight hours of, of Stardew Valley, which is barely scratching the surface, according to some purists. Um, but what happened, I was playing on PlayStation 4, and uh, when when I was playing, in the midst of my playing, they announced that it was coming to Switch, and so I was like, well, this is a perfect game to play on Switch because it's the kind of game that you can play for hours at a time, but you can also check in once a day, see what your farm's doing, reset your cycle, and then not look at it again for 24 hours. Yeah. So. For me, this is such an ideal way to play through that whole game, so I'm really looking forward to getting getting it out on my Switch. So the basic gist is it's an RPG, but with kind of the heavy uh, Harvest Moon kind of farming and map customization mm-hmm. options, right? Yeah. yeah, I actually haven't played it yet, although I'm pretty, sh- pretty certain I'll like it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet, so okay. it's great to play it on Switch. But this game is also notable because like another game we're going to talk about on this show, uh, I think this is completely developed by one dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Impressive. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, I, I, my daughter played this for months. Yeah. Uh, on the PS4, it was always just running whenever she was home, uh, and and she would uh, restart, uh, start a new map because you know the infinite possibilities with right. kind of the routes you take and what it looks like. Uh, can you finish it in a week? There's no end. There's no end. The game. Period. Like <laughs> I. That's the thing is that uh, I'm I'm one of the people out there that's not really into these types of games, but I think Stardew Valley was. Hey, the, it was really cool to have you on. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yep. Cut the mic. Just, boom. There you go. Uh, no, I, that's the thing, though, is that these types of games are not for me, yep. but Stardew Valley was a game that I actually fell in love with and mm-hmm. put a lot of time into. And I think it was because it was you, a combination of the art style and like the different layers upon layers. Like The dating sim thing was a really cool thing that I wasn't expecting. I right. thought I was going to be you know, planting things all day and yeah. it just kept expanding and expanding. And Well, it's also like the writing is surprisingly real and very charming. Yes. Like it's it's very clever. Uh, a lot of the characters, you you know, they really endear your, themselves to you very quickly in this yeah, town. You like, really find a personal connection with almost every a lot character. Of pe- yeah, a lot of the people in the game. When when this game first came out, um, I'm on the features team here at IGN and uh, friends of the show, Justin and Chloe, were playing. Also, Justin Davis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Familiar. each day, they sit right across from me and each each day they would come in and be like, "Oh, did you go out on a date with Paula? Is she gonna marry you?" Like it was so funny, man. Like I wasn't playing it at all at the time, and I was like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Like, That's so yeah. good. Do you think there'll be 16-bit fatigue on the Switch? I mean, we're seeing a lot of games, uh, admittedly good ones, right? Golf Story just hit. That was a really enjoyable game. Do you think people are getting tired of seeing that art style? Uh, I think there's a certain segment of the gaming population that is already tired of that, yep. have been for a while. You'll see it on IGN in the comments whenever we report on uh, some retro-looking pixel game. Yep. You'll see people that, oh, this is just indie trash. They, they're very dismissive of yeah. that kind of style. I don't get tired of it, but then again, I grew up with that. So exactly. It's like, yeah. instant, yeah. like instant feel-good you know, feelings for me. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot like in the same way, like looking at a game like uh, uh, Stardew Valley or... Uh, golf story or even a game like Hyperlight Drifter that's very reminiscent of uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, very reminiscent of the games I grew up with but looks markedly better just yeah. gets me excited every time you know what I mean like it's it's a it's a very retro futuristic look at, that I, I will always love so it's, it's like it's weird it's, it's from a very specific time period but it feels very timeless in that it yeah Pixel art still looks good today, whereas like the early 3D games don't. Don't yeah. like yeah. early yep. uh, PlayStation and 64 games. Like, I mean, it it's kind of ugly. It sounds silly to say, but like I've been playing through Super Mario World since I got my yeah. SNES Classic, and Isn't it good? I mean, for well, so yeah, good. it's amazing. I'm still terrible at it, but like I love it, <laughs> and I, I'm just because the it, to play that game in pixel perfect mode on like an HD TV and sitting four feet away from it like the the little things that i love about the 16-bit art style like the way that mario looks like tilts his head up when he looks up or the yeah. way that when you mm-hmm. jump his hat blows back and yeah. you know like it's, it's just it's there's something very endearing about that art style to me that maybe a young, younger generation doesn't connect with but i'll always look at a 16-bit art style and give two thumbs up you know i feel like the i mean super mario world also is is this game that just kind of feels right if you go back and uh, one of the arcade classics is already out right from uh, Hampshire. Yeah, you've been playing uh, it, right? Yeah, Mario, yeah. Mario Brothers, yeah. um, the, mm-hmm. the classic one. And you'll notice how slippery yeah. they feel, right? When you run Mario and Luigi around this this kind of single screen game, they keep on, like, whenever you stop, it's like, right? they, they yeah. skid a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Mario games always have that little that little skid towards the end, but this one especially. Like, Super Mario World just perfected that. Yeah. Um, and and made, made it feel right. And I feel like some of these, uh, some of these, 
games that are coming out now with the retro style designs have very very modern game systems or modern control mechanisms right mm-hmm. so like there's some people who are saying no right off the bat just based on what they look like and they're not diving in and actually seeing all the cool stuff like golf stories golf mechanics are really good mm-hmm. yeah like if you go back to the early days of 16 bit games or 8 bit games and you play a golf game they did not play like this they weren't as good right yeah Cool, there's another game. So speaking of art styles, uh, there's a game that just came out. It's called Earth Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, not 16-bit art style, but very, very unique. I mean, I think you can best describe it as looking like uh, old maps, like okay. kind of like this brown map look. Uh, you know, the developer himself said uh, it's inspired by 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the Jules Verne novel, and like oh. kind of 14th century charts where uh, when you venture out into the ocean – yeah. There be monsters there, right? Mm-hmm. There's, it, it's got this kind of like almost uh, like gil- like uh, uh, weathered paper look to it. Yeah, like yeah. those old maps that would actually have a sea monster yeah. drawn. That's yeah. right. Don't, don't, don't go this way because yeah. the Earth is flat, as we yeah. all know from our <laughs> favorite rap stars. Um, <laughs> and you uh, you don't want to venture down where the sea snakes are, sure. right? Yeah, and but that's actually the whole point of this game. But the, there's also like a monster hunting element to it. Is that right? So it's got, um, it, you know, it's got a little Metroidvania aspect. It's, it's more like an R-type game where you can kind of go anywhere. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, portions of your map are home to these big bosses. And so you want to get to these bosses and you want to take oh, them no, out. Oh, no, the Statue wow. of Liberty is underwater. That's, yeah, Ooh. I have bad news. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Was, they were on Earth all along. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no! Hurts um, in the title. No! <laughs> But um, I, I thought if you read up on the development of this game, I thought it was um, interesting that the developer set out to make something that felt more like a classic, like an R-type. Like that you're not using the second stick to shoot into any direction. You actually have to manually turn your sub around. So you have mm-hmm. a button to turn the sub. Yeah. So you can go backwards through the whole level. Sure. <laughs> and as you pick up you know, R-type style, again, you pick up uh, uh, power-ups, your shots change, and you get torpedoes or or like a, a lightning beam or homing missiles, that kind of stuff. And you can choose which ones to pick up. So once you have one, you drop the other one, and it just kind of floats around as a bubble. Mm. And then you can power them up. And as you take out the bosses, you open up paths to new ones. So pretty cool game so far. Yeah, yeah definitely like a different different shooter. I believe you described it to us as a Damon-like. As it's a Damon-like. As a game that Damon will like. It sounds <laughs> relevant to my interest. Yeah. You, you don't have it yet, right? I don't have it yet. Okay. No. Hmm. Yeah, as we were... Re- Recording this in the past, so it's not available yet. Have you played it? I haven't, no. Yeah. But I think just, just seeing the art style alone was enough to, to sell me on it. I, I really dig these artistic games because they, it's it's not about a mechanic. It's not about uh, how to play the game. It's kind of about that the world that's presented to us. Mm-hmm. And this one, just from the get-go, just from looking at it right now, I was immediately like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to give it a shot. It's a huge gamble for a developer to do a, you know, an art style like that. If you recall Wind Waker Gate... When yeah. Wind Waker was first revealed, right? There were oh, there yeah. were people who were so mad about the look of that game. Heartless they said people. they will never play it. <laughs> that right? game looks amazing. Still. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing about that's the thing about a game like Earth Atlantis is that in 20 years that game will still look that good. Yeah. You know, like, it, yep. I think we've talked about this on the sh- on the show before. Yeah. Like graphics that stand the test of time, like that art style Cuphead. Cuphead oh, yeah. will always look amazing, you it'll, know. Oh, it yeah. mm. it's just it looks like it was created in a certain era, but it'll always retain its like creation zone like it'll mm. always look that good no matter like you said earlier you know the political 3d ps1 games oh, Dreamcast yeah. games they kind of have this weird they haven't aged well yeah no, they I'm haven't gonna, no. i'm not gonna stand by and let you talk 
smack on the Dreamcast. Oh, I love the Dreamcast. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. I good. love the Dreamcast. No, no, no. It's one of my favorite consoles. I thought we were going to have to kick you off the show again. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just racking up all these these points of getting kicked off the show right, right away. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't take a lot for Zach to hate you. I mean, he, he hates us. <laughs> he hates his best friend, Brian. That's so. true. Yeah. 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 All it takes is picking the wrong games. So. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll watch my words carefully then. <laughs> he's tall, but I don't think he's that powerful. That's true. Um, he's been working out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ninja Showdown also came out. I mean, it's like every week the list of games that are coming out. It's just, uh, I mean, there are a lot. And there are smaller games and some games that you might want to skip, and we'll get to those next. But yeah. Ninja Showdown, also a pretty popular multiplayer game. Uh, is it? I don't know. I, haven't, I don't have any experience with okay. it. But I was going to say, you're right. More and more games are coming out each week. I think it's clear what's happening here, right? Everybody's trying to get their game out on Switch before, before Mario. Mario. Yeah. Oh, is that it? I think so. Yeah. Because once Mario is out, what else is anyone going to play? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had you had this period at the very beginning where everyone was only playing Zelda. Yeah. Right. And then now you've got this like massive influx of indies and and yeah. second party games. Like and this then, is our window, yeah. guys. Yeah. Get them well, in now, and yeah. then when Mario comes out, that, that's going to carry me through 2018. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I think there's definitely a reward for people who, uh, you know, games that hit the platform early. Sure, you know, when, that the, too? when the e- eShop wasn't that crowded, there's definitely a discovery issue on the Switch, right? It's not like you log into your Switch and it goes, uh, you know, gives you Earth Atlantis right off the bat. You have to drill down. You have to go into a news feed. And depending on what you subscribe to, you may be getting all the uh, prompts for, you know, get a free fire rod in Breath of the Wild or that kind of stuff. So That's, it's Mike Pereira. Yeah, I think this this whole thing is going to get so packed um, that, I mean, we'll see what the ecosystem will be like in a couple of months. I think the fact that they're having so much support so early on. I mean, it hasn't even been a year since things have been out, and it's yeah. already loaded with games for any type of gamer to go on the go. It's yeah. just fascinating. It's yep. just so quick. It seemed like yesterday they just said, hey, here it is, and here's how you use it. And now, yeah. and now in the same year, we've got Zelda, Mario, definitive editions of yep. Mario Kart, a mm-hmm. new Splatoon, and a bunch of indies that are just kind of killing it right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. So let's talk about a game that does not use a 16-bit art style because it uses an 8-bit one. Like an, <laughs> like an advanced 8-bit, uh, yeah. That's uh, Axiom Verge. Yeah. yeah. So it's a game we, we've talked about uh, on the show before. Uh, it's finally out as well for 20 bucks. Well, it's really nice because uh, Nintendo did release a new Metroid game this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Metroid uh, Samus Returns, but not for the Switch. So here's a Metroid game for the Switch. Right. Axiom Verge. Yeah, we, uh, it's funny because before Metroid was announced, uh, we kept on saying, well, at least you can play Axiom Verge, right? right. There's a game. Let's, let's have that on, on the 3DS and on the Switch, and boom. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, it, it, it is now on the Switch. And if you and- want to play something that is not just like Metroid, it is exactly yeah. like Metroid. In pretty much everything but name. And this is the other game that was made by just one guy. Yeah. Uh, one guy did all the programming, design, the music, and the art. Thomas Hap works so hard in this game. It's just incredible how it, it feels like it just came out a couple couple days ago, but really, I mean, literally in, the, in this case. But it's been, it's been around in the ecosystem oh. for at least a year Probably or so. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. There was a playable alpha as early as like 2012. Yep. So yeah. this has been a long time coming. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just really happy for, for Tom because this, this was his you know blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. It, it means been so in, much to him. He's been in the industry for a while, but previously he worked on stuff like the Tiger Woods right. series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly <laughs> the same genre <laughs> as this. He, we we host like the, golf. Uh, yep. During GDC, IGN hosts the uh, the sort of indie meetup, and we have a bunch of developers come in and showcase their games. And I distinctly remember talking to Tom the year that he, that March before Axiom Verge launched, and just like 
he just looked beat up because <laughs> you could tell he was in the home stretch. But the way yeah. that he talked about his game was like so inspiring to me because it's just like here's a guy that loves what he's created and has just poured himself into this game, and I think it shows. Like it's a really tight homage to Metroid, but it's also its own unique thing. And I think it's really cool that it's on the Switch. I never finished it on PlayStation, but like I said, I mean, this is a perfect opportunity to go back and, and finish it. So yeah, I, I I have a feeling I will finish more games on the Switch just because of that portability factor yeah, again. Yeah, you know, totally. you're traveling right now. Gerard's actually you live in LA, right? Yeah. So uh, do you bring a Switch with you on these? Almost trips? everywhere yeah. I go. Yeah. yeah. And I I you know I this it's something crazy that when you're playing a game on like you can't play Destiny on the go. So you're playing it at home and you're like, all right, it's time to put it down. If only. And you <laughs> you you put it down and you walk away and that's it. But this is oh I have to go somewhere. Well the experience is going to go yep. with me. And and games like Axiom Verge are perfect for that because you can just keep cranking it when you've got time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I look at the lineup, you know, and there are a couple more games we'll talk about, but you know, to me, like Stardew Valley um, is a is a must play. Um, you know, Axiom Verge. If you're looking for a classic Metroid 8-bit experience, certainly a must play. I, I like Earth Atlantis so far. I hope it holds up and mm-hmm. and, and delivers on it. Um, there are a couple of games like Tumblestone came out. It's very much a, a traditional Buster Move clone. You know, where you shoot but blocks instead of squares. Also uh, very good instead of bubbles. But it's but it's quality stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's not filling a gap like you could play uh, Puyo Tetris instead, which is an awesome. I love, game. I love Puyo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really good Puyo's game, great. but it's like. Yeah. It, it's kind of hard to look. The, I mean, there are not many bad games hitting this platform. No, it's true. Uh, um, yeah, Tumblestone is actually really good. Yep. Uh, match 3 game, really designed for uh, local uh, multiplayer play. Four, four, players yeah, four players on the same screen at the same time. Yeah, so that's really cool. Uh, but then another game that's uh, out this week, Volgar the Viking, is also really good. Yeah, I played that on Xbox yeah. a couple of years ago. And it's a, a 2D hack and slash, you know, another retro pixel art game, but it's really well done. It's like uh, Black Tiger or Rastan. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like, Damon, but I can't buy all these games. First of all, oh, it's yeah. more than 100 bucks. I don't have that <laughs> much money. <laughs> Uh, no, to buy all of these, like I mean, where do you, where do you cut something? Let's talk about the next game on the list. Oxenfree, yeah, is out on the Nintendo Switch, yeah. Which is if you if you haven't played it, it's a it's a very um, very lovingly created homage almost to classic adventure games, yeah. With more modern graphics. I'd liken it to kind of almost like a like a traditional watercolor painting background mm-hmm. with these characters that are constantly talking to each other. Yeah. Uh, because they're, you know, they're young they're, people. They're kids, they're right? They're, they're teens, yeah. yeah. And I think that's sort of the, that's sort of the charm here. There yeah. is this sort of lost or almost Twin Peaks influenced supernatural thing happening on this island. And these kids are talking to each other about it like kids would talk to each other about it. And I think that's the thing that really drew me in playing Oxenfree last year. Like, I love this game. I'm really glad that it's coming to Switch, and I feel like you you called them the new indie royalty earlier, yeah. and I think that having these three games, Stardew, Axiom, and Oxenfree, is like a huge boon to the Switch's indie library. I mean, it was already great, but then you've got these three sort of landmark games yeah. from the last couple of years to sort of support that as well. So Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Inside is not out, otherwise you'd have oh. another, Man, be really awesome another crown in that royalty yeah. right there. And but might as well do Limbo as well. Yeah, so yeah. This, uh, have you, did you play Oxenfree as well? I did. I did. I didn't really get into the story because it was it's one of those games where once you start, you really have to invest yourself in. Yep. Yeah, it's a great game to sit down and like blast through in two sittings or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, not a whole week. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I it's definitely. I, I know some of the the actors who who worked on the game, and so I'm I'm very familiar with what it's about and kind of what the game is 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 worth in the, in the sense of 
an experience. But I think when it came out, I, don't, I forget when it came out last year, but there it was, was a, early last year. I feel there yeah. was a, there was a it was kind of in the middle of a bunch of different titles that were like back yeah, to back yeah. to back, and I think I I ended up picking a different title, so that's why I didn't quite get to this, which is why I'm excited. It's on Switch now, so when I am on the plane, I can get around to playing it. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I mean, if you're not into adventure games and not action adventures like Zelda, this is a you know you walk around, you look at things, you interact, and you talk to each other. Um, and sometimes that can take a while, right? Getting from one point to the other, if, you, if you've taken a, a wrong turn, it can take you a while in this mm-hmm. game. Would you say that's fair? I, don't, I haven't played this game, oh, but I, I do okay, like yeah, I do yeah, like right. adventure games. But, that's, yeah. but it's like you know, it, it is a storybook, right? Mm-hmm. You invest in the interactions and in seeing what happens next. And one clever thing about this game is like whenever somebody says something, like you're never really stuck um, in these these cutscenes. Like you can most of the time you can interact. Um, Whenever somebody says something, your character will have three speech bubbles right. usually with answers, with possible answers, and they quickly start to fade. And mm-hmm. so you have you have the choice to say, all right, I'm going to butt in, make a snide comment, I'm going to agree or disagree, or you just or let it go, yeah. and the characters will continue to talk. Right. Yeah. Well, and and sometimes their their responses will change depending on like what you say or don't say. Yeah, and you can even walk away yeah. from a conversation. Like if somebody's talking to you, you walk away, they're like, why are you walking away? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a very very clever um, but really really lovingly cre- created mm-hmm. game that I think it's it's worth a look if you're into the more story driven adventure games of yeah before. yeah another cool of which game. I am yeah I think it's really uh, great a, a slightly bigger game came out in Japan so far Fire Emblem Warriors is actually oh, out yeah only slightly um, <laughs> if you if you remember this thing is actually region free so you know if you register a Nintendo account. Uh, and set your region to Japanese, and then you create the Nintendo account online with the Japanese region, um, you can play Japanese games there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there it gets a little tricky when you have to buy something. I think you need to... Don't you need to... Um, if you don't have a credit card, a Japanese credit card, you might have to buy yourself a, a code or something. Oh, really? For it to stock up. But yeah, um, I, have to, I have to check how that works. I remember it was a little complicated. But you can import games digitally on this machine, uh, which is cool. If you That's can't really cool. wait for Fire Emblem Warriors, but why? It's out soon, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's um, out this month, right? Yep. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Really soon. Uh, Perry, you're about to miss one more good game that's out this week. What is it? Metal Slug X. Oh, the uh, yeah, we kind of gloss over the Neo Geo games, but yeah. you're right. But this yeah. one is actually a really good one. Yeah, uh, It's a, a modified version of Metal Slug 2, yep. a much improved version, and it's definitely up there in the Metal Slug series. This is one of the, one of the best games in the so, series. Like that, and I'm glad you're here, because when I look at the list of Neo Geo games now on the Switch, I'm like, whoa. Like, yeah. I, I, bought, I bought a Metal Slug game. Which one? I the f- three? I think that was, might be the best. No, I think it was three. Yeah, that one's but it's good. like, how many more are there? There's a lot of metal slugs. <laughs> There's at least ten. Metal slugs. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh no. So like X is really two. So it's I don't right. I don't know if there's actually ten metal, right. metal slug games, but they're good. They're like run and gun, classic run and gun shooters with a lot of style and uh, personality and humor. Yeah, it's like if you're more of a Nintendo kid, it's like the Contra of the Neo Geo, right? Yeah, like you yeah. Can play two player together, but exactly. you can jump into vehicles. Like Contra with with much better animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like beautiful art style yeah, with great. a lot of like crazy machinery flying in. And there's definitely a lot happening on the screen yeah. when you're playing. Oh yeah, and it'll slow down. Like oh, the yeah. Switch <laughs> authentically slows down all the time. Those yeah. games, they did not give a crap. 
they just said it's going to slow down. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, but, yeah. And, yeah. I don't know what their what options they had back in the day when they were yeah. make, making. Well, stuff. they could have had fewer bullets, Damon. No, you cannot have fewer bullets. Yeah, okay, that flies in the face of all that Metal Slug is. Yeah. Exactly, it's right there in the title. Uh, <laughs> but these are straight arcade ports. They haven't done anything fancy like add like save states or anything like that. Yep. Just but I mean, they're they're good. They're good games. They're there's some good, good games on the list. But uh, again, like we're looking at this this lineup. Which one would you if you had to pick one game or if you only mm. could pick one game that came out this week, what would you play? As much as I love Night School and Oxenfree, uh, I'm I'm going to say Stardew Valley. Yeah, because Night School. Night School is the developer of of Oxenfree. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, Stardew Valley is my yep. pick because you're looking at easily a hundred hours of game, if not more. I mean, there's so much stuff to do, and it is so charming and so funny. And it, I mean, there's a little something for everybody. I feel like in that yep. game. So yeah, you. I gotta go with Axiom Verge. Yeah, I I was obsessed with it when it came out. I'm still obsessed with it. I can't wait to play it on the Switch. Nice. Yeah, I would go with Axiom Verge as well. It's the closest thing to Metroid on the Switch right now, and it's a legitimately really, really good game. Cool. I'm going to be super unhelpful and say Oxenfree then. So, yeah, no, it's I, I just really love I just really love these story driven adventure games. I'm mm-hmm. glad that there's a market for them again because they it was gone before Telltale really brought that genre back. They yeah. there were none. You know, yeah. and, and it's also uh, stuff like uh, Life is Strange, which has been a big hit. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. Life yeah. is Strange is so good. Yeah, no, there's some some good games uh, uh, in the adventure genre. Out. Here we go. Hello there. Would you like to save money and play more video games? Well, let me introduce you to our sponsor, GameFly. GameFly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games at GameFly.com. You pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door or mailbox. Gamefly is the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try your favorite games before you buy and keep the games as long as you want with no late fees. So if you're stuck on a boss fight or having a really good time, it's not a big deal. You can cancel at any time, and they also offer movie rentals too. Head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer, again, by visiting Gamefly.com slash voice chat. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days right now. Listen. So um, let's shift gears and talk about a platform that we rarely talk about, but that's still very much alive, and that's the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. Uh, the 3DS actually saw um, a, a pretty big game release this, this week, and I ignored it for the longest time because it's a, re- a remake of a game that I played way back when, what, yeah. like 14 years ago? Yeah. Is that how long it's been? So this came out on the GBA. It's uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minion. Yep. Did, uh, did you guys play the original? I played, I played the original yep. like... A lot. Yeah. yeah. I played oh, a lot yeah. of the original. I, I recently just replayed the original uh, about two, three months ago. In a week? Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. do it in a week? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty short game. Yeah. There's it's... Mario's nipples. Everyone's making a big deal about it now. Yeah, but this, this is the remake. It's the original nipples. You couldn't you couldn't see the, the nipples because what you're not seeing is that on the GBA, this game looked a lot different. Yeah. I mean, they... they spent a lot of time on it. And you may remember it looking like this. It did not look like this. Yeah. Like the GBA graphics were very very simple in comparison. Um, they redid a lot of the animations as well, but it has the the full quest um, still available. And at the time, I don't know if it holds up. I got to play this one a little bit more now. But at the time, I had a really good sense of humor too. I 
it's one of the only games to date that can make me laugh out loud. Yeah. I think that it, it, the writing, the localization, it's so funny still. I yeah. love that. I mean, in this opening scene, it's like, yeah. Toad suggests just beat Bowser as usual. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's it's very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's got, uh, Bowser's not the ultimate bad guy, right? In this game, it's actually, uh, uh, what was her name? It was Cackletta. Yeah. And Fawful. And Fawful. And uh, Fawful's English is really Really terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really terrible. Yeah. And so a lot of jokes come from just the the, the language of this uh, strange creature dude, um, and just uh, you know the weirdness of this kingdom where they you know like you just can't take anything too serious. Yeah. yeah. And then the re-release adds a new mode with the Goombas. So yeah, yeah. So do you, do you know how that works? Like you're actually playing as Captain Goomba, and you can unlock three other uh, captains as well. So you know, can get your Boo and your Koopa Troopa. Oh, that's and cool. A shy guy captain as well. And so of course that goes along with the Amiibo. As and well. that's a full campaign, or uh, yeah, it's yeah. like this parallel story basically, okay. not you know as as big as and involved. They're trying to basically. Um, they're trying to basically fight the real bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like it's the bad guys fighting the real bad guys. Sure. Yeah. For King Bowser. Right. <laughs> but uh, it's it's kind of like a, a weird game that I don't think any of us would have asked for. Right? Yeah. Like to, if somebody like said if somebody said remake yeah. something, bring it to 3DS. Would you have thought of that? No. No. Especially, right? not, not particularly, especially for remake for the 14 year anniversary. Well, uh, like not to mention it's on the Wii U Virtual Console, so yeah. it's like everyone's had the ability to recently replay it. Right. So. When I heard the news, I kind of was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure I was, I wanted that. I mean, it looks yeah. great, and I'm probably gonna play it, but it was something I didn't ask for. It's a bummer. It's a good game, and uh, you know, I talked to Dan uh, Staple now, reviews editor. We're actually not reviewing this one mm-hmm. because the the user interest was so low. Like, yeah, very few people were actually looking up information for this game. So for us, it didn't really make sense to get somebody to spend, you know, lots unless you want to do it. Spend lots <laughs> and lots of time <laughs> playing this game and reviewing do it, anyway. it. But um, you know, I, I I've been playing the game, and it's it's a quality RPG. Yeah. It's got a lot of the elements you know from the Paper Mario series, right? right. The interactive combat. It wears a little thin after a while. Sure. Um, I mean, I feel like that's that's sort of the, the combat games, in yeah, yeah, all those games. Yeah. Some of the jokes, some of the jokes may misfire nowadays. Right. But, uh, I mean, it's it's probably worth a look if you if you only if you stuck with the 3ds and you didn't look at this giant list of Switch games coming out. Um, there's one. And Plus, it, you can buy Amiibo. That's an interesting game because it sort of split that Super Mario RPG timeline, right? Yeah. Like it, it created Paper Mario and uh, Superstar Saga. This, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like for consoles, and then the. Uh, Game Boy Advance and DS got a whole line of uh, Mario and Luigi RPGs that I like. I really dig those games a lot. I played a lot of them. Yeah, Bowser's Inside Story is really great. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's interesting to like look at this game as a jumping off point to, for those games. So yeah. Yeah. there's a new franchise title though that also came out on the 3DS, and that's uh, Layton's Mystery Journey: Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy. The Professor Layton games always have. Have those long titles that we actually have to redesign our website for just to fit them on on the <laughs> on a single line somewhere. Um, comes out, you know, came out October sixth. That's the seventh game in the series. Yeah, you guys, Leighton fans. I love a good Leighton. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since. I've yeah, played. I don't. I don't think you're yeah, a Leighton fan. It's been a while since if, I played a Leighton. I think I played the first one. And that was yeah. it. Not because I didn't like yeah, it, yeah. but it just, just it's it's not. It wasn't really for me. And I think this game is already it's already been out on mobile. Yeah, I believe. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Now it's coming to 3DS. So yeah, it's not published uh I mean it's published by Level 5, right? Mm-hmm. They're um, actually doing the publishing. Yeah, and uh, uh it's the story this time is your your professor Layton's daughter. So, you know, typical typical father-daughter story when the daughter is the main character, the father has vanished. 
So you need to you need go to find him. Always yeah. happens in video games, right? Yeah. Mystery. Yeah. Uh, wait for Uncharted Five. We'll see what happens. There. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I dig those games. They're you know they're hidden object games mostly. Yeah. You have to look for clues. Some but real brain also, busters in there. Yeah, and then they yeah. and then they switch to these little puzzles. Sometimes slide puzzles. Sometimes like just brain busters. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I feel like like a lot of people fell into one of two camps that you're either. Leighton or Phoenix Wright. Mm. Yeah, oh, or the know. crossover, man. Yeah, the crossover yeah. is really good. Yeah. I like I like both franchises, but you gotta be in the mood for them. And in the past, these games have always been the perfect travel games for me on the yeah. 3DS because you can play a couple of puzzles, save it, and and do something else. But you know, now you got the Switch, it would be nice to see that franchise there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Plus I think those games would look gorgeous on the Switch screen. So so that's, I mean, there, a lot of games have come out, and uh, I feel yeah. like we've uh, we've done a, a, a decent job at telling people what to get. Um, mm-hmm. You probably have to spend like sixty bucks, like the price of a full game, if you want to play all the really good ones. Yeah, but then you're you're talking you about a bunch of games. Yeah, yeah hours, hours. Even if you spend, uh-huh. I was going to say, if you spend sixty dollars on the on the big four that we recommended, yeah, you're looking at two hundred hours of gameplay. Like, but I'd say do it now because soon. In three weeks, there will be Mario, and then you're... Three short weeks. Mario. Mario. Yeah. And we'll be only talking about Mario for the next two years, just That's right. as a warning. Okay. Yeah. But before we get to that, we want to talk, uh, we want to talk about you a little bit. Oh, you know, man. You made the trip up from L.A., um, and you're a, you're a mystery to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ho- hopefully, I'll be able to, be- to clear the air then. Because you're a Nintendo-focused YouTuber. I, I thought that was impossible. Yeah. How's that work? Um, I don't know. You know... I think uh, it's kind of hard to explain YouTube in a, in a nutshell and how it works in regards to copyright claims and strikes. Sure. And I actually get a lot of scrutiny for being one of the only YouTube, I guess influencers is the correct term, but I hate that word, yeah. uh, YouTuber ambassador for, for Nintendo. And I think a lot of it is because um, when YouTubers make videos, they get flagged right away, immediately, whether it's got copyrighted content in it or nowadays for inappropriate content or for, whatever. For Nintendo be. content, right? Nintendo, like if Nintendo's you did, the yeah. most aggressive, yeah. hands down. Mm-hmm. But um, the way I've I've interpreted it, and after speaking with them, they're not really trying to go after people who um, aren't commentating or aren't really contributing to what's being played or reviewing. In this case, with me, they're trying to go after people who are putting long plays, who aren't putting any footage, who are who aren't putting any personal spin or take. They just want to take down or at least claim those who are posting just it's games. Just games. Yeah. yeah, and it's because, uh, and really, it's their right to do this. Unfortunately, the idea is they want to reserve. Though that like experience for people who want to play the game sure. and buy the game, and uh, because there's some people out there who just upload these long play videos that are no talking, nothing, just this is footage. Here's the game, basically. Here's yeah. the game, and immediately it cuts out the necessity of oh, I don't need to listen to a let's play or, or, or read a review. I can just go oh, I've seen the game, so I have no need to play it. And so I think that's kind of Nintendo kind of create this automated system with YouTube. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, YouTubers like myself, both small and large, we are kind of caught in the, in the crossfire. Right. And uh, it's up to us to speak with Nintendo, to speak with YouTube, to try and figure out how to diminish those claims. Because I every time I've gotten a claim, I've always fought it, and I've always won. But I know that's not the case for every YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky in that sense that I know people who work at Nintendo, and so mm-hmm. I can have those conversations when I need to. Um, but unfortunately, not everyone can have that. But st- that still happens? Like, will you if you put up a clip, can you do you get a copyright strain? Uh, for me, no. Claim? No, Not okay. usually. Because you're part of the kind of like the ambassador-approved crew at this point. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It is yeah. an automated system. So I yeah. do get flagged every now and then but i think when i do get flagged i message them and say hey i'm letting you know gotcha. i got flagged 
please check your systems to see if you can to unflag it. And nine to ten times they'll do it. But majority of the claims are coming from Nintendo of Japan with YouTube. So oh. it's not really through Nintendo of America. It's through it's through you know the corporate entity over in Japan. Hmm. Do you think uh, you know? When I first heard about this, I'm like, oh, they're doing this to curb negative press in a way, right? They they have the system where they say, all right, everybody gets flagged when they post something about our game with our footage, uh, and then we'll kind of cherry pick the positive voices in the <laughs> in the ecosystem. Sure. I mean, do, do you think there's something to that, or no, no? at least not for me? I uh, when I first started, I uh, and I still just say whatever I want. I always tell Nintendo, hey, I'm I'm gonna say whatever I want, yep. good or bad. Uh, you can't really license my voice or, or market me. And uh, they've always been, that's totally fine. You can say whatever you want and do whatever you want. And they've never had a hands-on approach or controlled my content or maliciously gone after me. And I know a lot of YouTubers have had that exact same experience. It's just they make what they make. And uh, whether it gets caught by the bot is one thing. But mm-hmm. Nintendo never uses that kind of strong arming. And it, it's the narrative is there. People, you know, they get the flag. Yeah. They'll, they'll take a f- photo of it and put it on Twitter and sure. say, oh, look, look what the big end did to me. This 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 sucks. And it's, again, it's usually just the automated system that, that does the flagging. And then you're talking to YouTube directly for the most we, part. To, for the record, we get flagged all the time. All the Every time. Every platform. Yeah. It's like, even when we debut a trailer with a company, some automated system or some legal person hits a button and we get flagged too. And it's a pain in the butt, right? And on YouTube, for um, if you live stream, your live streams don't work when you have a flag. Right? Oh, yeah. you get when yeah. you, you get flagged in real time and your 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 live stream breaks. Just shuts yeah. off. Yeah, it just yeah. shuts off. Which is not awesome. As you can imagine, when IGN is about to live stream from E3 and we get uh, we get a flag for, you know, a trailer. That happened at this um, year's E3. That happens. Yeah. That's not fun. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that Nintendo is worried about these long play, uh, just straight gameplay videos, sort of uh, lessening the value of their their games. Or I don't know if that's their worry because, first of all, uh, watching someone else play a game is not the same as playing the game. You're right, still, you know, totally different. And also, I think just having straight uh, gameplay uh, archived is valuable. Yeah, no, right? for sure. I mean, yeah. Here at IGN, we have an entire team that's dedicated to capturing gameplay raw um, to use for things like features, to use for things like top ten lists, to reviews. use you know like yeah. reviews, things like that. But a lot of those time, a lot of times when those guys are when their workday is slow or their workload is you know like minimal, I see Barrett capturing Assassin's Creed Two. I see Josh capturing uh, the original Bioshock because it's like we want archival stuff in the highest quality possible to use down the road. Well, and so, like, I totally see your point there. Like, that definitely makes sense. Think about, I mean, Miiverse is dead, and so some of the features that you saw in even New Super Mario Brothers are are gone, gone right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. you are not going capsule. to be able to replay that the same way and demonstrate how that works. And so, yeah, it's super important to capture stuff for archival footage. But like, as a YouTuber. I mean, does this mean a lot of people who want to become streamers or build a YouTube channel just basically say, hey, Nintendo is not an option for me. I'm going to focus on playing Dark Souls or, you know, maybe a, a game from a less litigious company? I think the... the So it, it's interesting because Nintendo is not as... A, a, I kind of said it earlier. They're not as aggressive mm-hmm. as they seem. It is a bot that does all the automation. And almost every other company has the same automation uh, the difference is is that when you file a, cl- a counterclaim against you know someone like Ubisoft or or Ben and Amco, they almost immediately let go of the claim mm-hmm. almost right away because 
they understand YouTube. They talk to YouTubers. They have community managers that work with YouTubers on a more larger scale or a more large scale. And uh, with Nintendo, it's not the same. Oh. It's it's there's a bit of a situation where it goes to someone else who doesn't know who you are. And so, you know, even if I get a claim as the completionist, that one video gamer, they're going to get this automated notice and they're going to go, oh, I don't I don't know what that is. I'm just not going to address it <laughs> or I'll just forget about it or or no, this is our footage. And so I think that's the major difference is you yeah. see a lot of the companies are paying attention to the YouTube space and the streaming space. And while everyone else is kind of discouraged by Nintendo, you're still going to have people out there who are still still making Nintendo content, still pushing it out there, making mm-hmm. lists and archival footage, you know, for any kind of purpose rather than just straight up long plays. And so you're, uh, you know, you're about 70% Nintendo? Like I'd, the rest, say, like I'd say 70, 70, 75% Nintendo yeah. usually. And with a channel like with uh, 700,000 plus subscribers, by the way, congratulations. Oh, That's thank you. That's amazing, yeah, awesome. right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, uh, can you make a living? Is this a full-time job for you? Oh, I, I have my own business. I, yeah. I have uh, 14 employees that work for me uh, worldwide, nine Jeez. in-house, five worldwide. But then again, to me, YouTube has always been a bit of a gamble. There's a lot yeah. of mystery of how it works, and a lot of people don't understand the business model, or they manipulate it, or they just kind of go, well, I'm only one person, so I'm just going to spend the money that I have. And for me, I've always looked at the platform as kind of this uh, constrictive unit. You know, YouTube can disappear tomorrow, and all my followers and my hard work and my reputation is just poof, gone. And so for me, I I look at things like merchandise and Patreon and, uh, you know, like creating things like films and documentaries and, and music. And those are ways that I've created a brand outside of just the completionist in my company. But at the end of the day, I love video games. It's, you know, we all love video games. Right. And I think... I don't care for them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, YouTube, uh, Damon's YouTube channel is called uh, The Contrarian. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm the give up in yeah. <laughs> The deletionist. Yeah, deletionist. The deletionist. <laughs> the deletionist. <laughs> I'm getting that one right now. That's awesome. Um, but I think uh, it definitely is viable. You just have to play your cards accordingly. And I think... I think in but tw- like without... If I don't do a Patreon and I just have a YouTube channel with 700,000 subs, can I in- sit at home, just make videos and... and- Get some good good eating. Absolutely, get some good eating. If if your if your costs are low and it's just a one man army, absolutely yep. you can or two people, few people, yes. But uh, again, YouTube in twenty. That's the thing about YouTube. YouTube is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Every single year, it's like a new like the. It's almost like at the end of of December, everything resets. Algorithms change, interests change, YouTube behavior changes. And so YouTube from 2010 when I started is way different different, than YouTube now. Do you get impacted if PewDiePie says a naughty? Uh... Me you personally, or, no. no. But, it's but like the, your your content is flagged as kind of safe, so you're you're different. PewDiePie <laughs> says a naughty. <laughs> well, look, I mean, the, I I think YouTube is such an interesting ecosystem in that something can happen to you even if you didn't change anything about your channel, right? Like right. an algorithm can change, and YouTube says, you know what, we really want to promote channels that do makeup tutorials more because our advertisers are more into that, right? And suddenly gaming content drops out of the recommendations a little bit, right? And it can have a huge impact. I mean, we see this all the time. Sure. I'm just curious when when that's your livelihood and that's your business, when PewDiePie does do something, um, sometimes advertisers say YouTube is not safe. 
You know, I don't want to advertise on YouTube anymore. And I, I know there are certain YouTubers who pulled out of uh, certain uh, advertisers who pulled out of YouTube altogether. And so, you know, I'm wondering if if that trickles down, or you're pretty fortified. To so, that. so okay. this year, this year, because of certain controversies across the internet, we have definitely seen this certain adpocalypse. Right? Everyone's talking about ad-pocalypse, it. Adpocalypse. Yeah, adpocalypse. <laughs> Everyone they hear it and they're like, "What does that mean?" Or mm-hmm. it sounds really dumb, and it actually does sound really dumb. But, um, beca- but super relevant. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a stupid. Name, but it, it does represent like a much larger issue. Absolutely, yeah. and I think because of this adpocalypse, the adpocalypse is a result. Stop saying adpocalypse. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, it's it's a result of of the actions of few, mm-hmm. but the scapegoat that they've been looking for for a long time. Because there's been an advertising problem on YouTube for a very, very long time, and the way that I interpret it is they just wanted a scapegoat. They needed someone to pin it on. And once they had that public figure out there with, with guys like Felix and whoever else was, was in the middle of that stuff, it just kind of opened the floodgate of everyone pulling out. And now, now it's much better. It's, yeah. it's almost non-existent, but, um, but it's then you get a hot topic. You get new mechanisms, right? Like YouTube in order to show that obviously the majority of content on YouTube is brand safe, right? It, which it's what advertisers are looking for is, you know, somebody talking about a video game and professing their love or even their frustration with a video game. That's usually good content and safe for an advertiser to be adjacent to. Um, but they change their systems too to auto-identify topics and say, this is not brand safe. Right? It's, it's not just topics, but it's the self-aware system detects swear words, keywords, and even, scary, even trends based off of your content. So let's say you're doing a Dark Souls video and in the video, you titled it Prepare to Die. Mm. If you do Oops. not tag your video uh, with Dark Souls, YouTube goes, oh, death is in the title, flag that video. Uh, Unless you say Dark Souls video game, Bandai Namco, then it tells YouTube, oh, it's a video game? Okay, we'll let it slide. And a lot of people don't realize that. So when you are you know, being like, oh, I have all the guns from Call of Duty, and you don't tag Call of Duty or gameplay. They I think have all the sh- guns. Or whatever it may yeah, be. Right, yeah. But uh, then they assume, oh, this person's showing off their entire gun collection. Don't let anyone see this uh, video. Gotcha. And so it's become this weird monster that's learning and growing and adapting based on keywords and behaviors in YouTube's ecosystem. It's too complicated. I'm not doing this. I know. Thing. Well, yeah. I know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I think... Part of part of your underlying message, forgive me if, if I've misinterpreted this, but I think one of the most important things you said there is to like make sure that you're diversifying. Yes. Like regardless of what you, what you do as a content creator, uh, like the tenuousness of YouTube as a viable platform, I think is one of the most interesting things that you said because like I create content for IGN and YouTube every single day, but it's it. I've never really stopped to think about one day somebody could just shut that that valve off and that's over. And then where does that where does that live? Where does that get archived? What do I do with the content that I've created yeah. to prove that hey, I've made a hundred hours of content around this thing? So like that's really interesting to me is to like if you are looking to be a content creator, don't just look at the easiest solution. Like figure out how to create things around that that content and for different platforms. So that's where merch comes in, right? Obviously, like selling T-shirts and having like uh, having a Patreon of people who directly support you fortifies you from those that volatility, right? I, and I, I don't even mean like necessarily merch, but I think yeah. like doing do like having a Snapchat channel as well, right, like right, at, right, you know, yeah. like looking into different creator platforms, like I, yeah, it's just difficult to scale, right? It's, it's something well, it's we a lot struggle of work with for one IGN, person. That's right? for sure. Yeah, we have people working just on the Snapchat edition of IGN every day. Um, and what happens with YouTube, right? IGN was on YouTube very early. We have, uh, what do we got, like eight and a half million subs by yep, now? Almost nine. Uh, on the main channel, this NVC channel, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's tiny, uh, obviously. Um, but uh, 
the ecosystem has changed so many times that the rev share, so the amount of money you get when YouTube sells an ad or when we are, are actually able to sell ads on YouTube as well, our sales team can run them, our ad ops team can fly, fly them, um, that number changes. So at one point it was like 70% to the creator and 30% to YouTube, and that number kept on going down and down and down. Oh, right? yeah. Until, it goes down you know, every year a little bit more and more. It's the old Eddie Murphy joke, half, right? Like right. when um, you've got all the work but well, only half the glory. You have to think about how many different platforms YouTube is competing with, mm-hmm. right? Because when in 2010 when you started, it was just YouTube. Yep. That was the video platform. Now, everyone has a video platform. We're working really hard to get our shows up on Facebook Watch right now, mm-hmm. and that's competition. So, yeah, they're going to need to find those different avenues of revenue to like compensate for the idea that people are going to watch content elsewhere. Yep. And what's fascinating about all of that is that 65% of the traffic on YouTube is gaming-related. Hmm. Yeah. Holy 65% cow! 65% is gaming-related. Yeah. I had so, no idea. That's crazy. The yeah. rest is music. The rest is, is makeup probably tips. makeup, <laughs> makeup tips and, and yep. music. But yeah. you're, you're looking at a platform that is punishing the majority of, of the advertiser dollars that should be being brought to the table. But really, they're just kind of monopolizing on it. They're saying, if you want to make money on our platform, we're the only ones. You, know, you can't make a YouTube video and then throw it on VidMe or, or uh, you know, uh, Vimeo yet. They're, they're trying to ramp up to that kind of competition. But if you don't have an ad platform to back you, then your only option is YouTube. Yeah. And that's why it is important to, like you said, diversify as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Or folks, if you love a YouTuber and they have a Patreon, think about contributing. It really helps. Yeah. Nobody's asking for a handout, right, Gerard? Uh, but, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you love his channel and you want him to finish yeah, games in a week. Um, I got to ask you about this because I saw this really charming video. I, I, I think you were talking to Aonuma and uh, at one point about yes. finishing Breath of the Wild in, yeah, a, in yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah, Tell us yeah. a little bit about that. So uh, actually, you guys were the ones that helped spread the word. So thank you for that. You, you featured <laughs> me for a while. Uh, so... Because of my reputation with Nintendo, they've been gracious enough to invite me to cool events. And I got, I spoke to Miyamoto way back in the day about Star Fox Zero, and they invited me back to talk about uh, Breath of the Wild. And uh, when I was talking to Nintendo, they said, hey, we're not doing a lot of these interviews. We want them all to be very different and very unique in your own style. So what would you want to talk to them about? And I kind of sat there and was like, I. I don't know. I just want to ask questions about the game. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, what do you say to your heroes? Yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? Yeah. And they were like, well, why don't you show them your, your accolades as, as a gamer? And I go, what does that mean? And they said, well, share Here's all my medals. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I prepared a PowerPoint presentation of, oh, Lord. I know it was weird. I prepared a PowerPoint presentation of every Zelda game that I beat with like my stats and my footage. And, and I wasn't really planning on showing it, but, uh, I was like, I think I'm going to like not show this. And as the interview went on, Anuma kept teasing me that I wasn't going to be able to beat his game. He was like, it's going to take you forever. And and the uh, uh, the translator kept looking at me like kind of laughing. And he's, <laughs> I could tell they were like making fun of me as I was asking him. So I was like, okay. So, you know, I got kind of choked up and I was like, I want to share with you, you know, how much I love Zelda and what it's meant to me. And I showed uh, my presentation and there's just image of him that's just like, he just leans in and he he kind of whispers to the translator and the translator goes, he thinks you probably actually can do it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was it was just really a humbling experience to to, to talk to for me. him for him. Yeah. <laughs> for him, I guess you can tell. But when you watch the video, you can see the like the doubt starting to creep into his yeah. eyes yeah. as as you're it's talking about good, everything yeah, yeah. you've done. Uh, that's pretty nuts, man. Yeah, yeah it's cool. it's it's and been a true pleasure. So too. what happened? Did you beat Breath of the Wild in one week? I didn't beat it in a week. Um but I I 
it's the reason why I didn't, I didn't begin a week because the the Korok seeds. There was not enough. <laughs> well, there was not enough expansive information out there, right? Because usually when I do games, I'm, I get them the same time that you guys do, and so it's a race to to beat the game. But I don't have a wiki team or the ability to look up answers or anything, and so sometimes it's kind of like. I'm just gonna guess that I completed the game, maybe yeah, not, yeah, yeah. until the game, you know, guides come out. And so, for my Breath of the Wild playthrough, I had four different guides from Piggyback, all different versions because they all had different versions of the map. Sure. I had markers and sharpies, and I was like, "This map's wrong, but this one's right. This one has an error with, with like lining them." And wow. it's just, my entire office just looked like maps everywhere just a crazy person's scrawlings on the wall just, yeah, yeah yeah like with red with, yeah, red, with red, red, red and and, and uh, uh it took me about uh i think three weeks to to finally do it when it was all said and done so luckily it was within the time the game came out but uh yeah it was pretty stressful there was a lot of no one can fault you for that that's an enormous game yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i mean if you had um you know the the kind of the tools that came out later with the DLC to find the Korok seed. Yeah, the Korok mask. It would have been I, a yeah, lot yeah. easier. Yeah. Huh? I, I said, How pissed were you when you saw oh that Korok man. mask? <laughs> the week that I made my video and it went up, I was like, if only there was a mechanic that could show you where these Korok seeds are. The next day, the Nintendo Direct debuted and they announced <laughs> the mechanic, and I just sat there in disbelief. Just a hard cut to you, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I that think was, the next game, the next game should have a Gerard mark, uh, mask in it that mm. forces you to complete the game in seven days <laughs> because after seven days it'll delete your file. Just, yeah. Oh my goodness! Then you know what? I'm in. Let's I'll, I'll take that. that challenge. Take, he'll take the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Respect that. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left. Why don't we uh, check in? Yeah, with, you want to jam uh, through question block? Yeah, check in yeah. with our our viewers. Uh, but before that, I want to say thank you to uh, Busy Reading Something who left us uh, a new review on iTunes for uh, the podcast version of this here show. Uh, you can, of course, listen to it in your car. He said, I've been listening for about a year, and I have to say this is the the podcast I enjoy the most. Topics are discussed thoroughly, and the hosts are very entertaining. A must-listen if you enjoy Nintendo or video games. Also, check their YouTube channel for their video version. Thank you for all the hard work, guys. Mac. Uh, Sounds yes, like dude. Mac should change his name to Busy Listening to yeah. something. You think uh, it's Little Mac? Probably. I don't, I don't think it's a little yeah, Mac. But little yeah, biased. thank you. Um, if you're listening to the audio version, you can find NVC obviously every week on IGN, but also on our tiny little fledgling YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Um, we're actually adding game footage to um, to the show as well. So if you want to see you, what some of these games look like, thank you very much, Garrett. Uh, Barrett. Garrett. <laughs> what was that kid's name? Yeah. Barrett. Uh, Zach. Yeah, so we have been uh, sort of uh, randomly selecting question block questions from each of our platforms. Sometimes I'll take them from the NVC group. Sometimes I'll take them from Twitter. Sometimes from the email nvc at IGN.com. Um, and, and for a while I was feeling like, that's pretty sporadic. Now I kind of like it. Now it's yep. kind of like, and I can just show up on a Thursday and say, okay, here I am in the Facebook group. This is where I'm pulling questions from this week. So follow us on Twitter. Uh, join the Facebook group. Uh, email us at NVC. Chances are we'll get you in there one of these days. But um, today's first question comes from Teddy on Facebook, uh, who I want to give a special shout out to for helping me get my SNES Classic. Teddy says, if and when Nintendo makes the N64 Classic, which games would you like to see on it? Ignoring the fact that certain games are impossible, like GoldenEye or sports games due to licensing issues. So ignoring that, then Banjo Kazooie gets to be on it, right? right. Yeah, and, and conquer. Uh-huh. I will. And I will conquer. definitely put Banjo on it. But I mean, you gotta and Banjo you, one and Tui. No, really? just Banjo just one. Kazooie. Yeah, Tui is not as good as you remember it to be. Like I the it levels they, are they, good. They re-released it on uh, Xbox 360. Okay. I played through it again. It ran nicer. I still right? liked it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a great. Game. It's way tougher. It's a way different game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's obviously. 
the same aesthetic, and yeah. but the design of it is it's much more difficult. But I would say it, I would definitely put the games on there that defined the N sixty four for me. So that'd be Super Mario sixty four, yep. Ocarina of Time yep. for sure, Mario Kart sixty four mm-hmm. for the multiplayer, and then Goldeneye. You got you have to have Goldeneye, not Majora's Mask. No. No, no, no. But see, a, Ocarina of no. Time, Majora's Mask is really great. But if you have Ocarina of Time, you kind of have that action adventure genre covered Here. and i would rather leave space for some of the other genres which damon will bring up now perfect dark there you go better than goldeneye perfect dark is better than goldeneye it is That's but it's one. it's the nostalgia yeah. it's like sure. everything I is better I understand that on super nes classic than Star Fox too as well but yeah, you you love having it on that machine because it's it's a game you've never played before yeah what do you think any games to add uh mario party has to be on oh good you good need one. to have one or two yeah. two i would say two i would say probably two yeah yeah um I, I Donkey Kong sixty four I think for me is is a huge platformer. It's interesting because I don't think uh, people were uh, not hot on that game at the time. Uh, the people like is like it's too much. Yeah, the collecting is just too much now. It's overboard. It was popular at the time. People liked it, but yeah. then I think in hindsight they said, "Did I really need to collect a hundred pink bananas on top of a hundred blue bananas on top of a hundred yellow bananas?" Yeah, it, it, right. I mean, it had the the world record for a long time for most collectibles in the yeah. game. It was too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but you still did, you like that? Oh, I, I mean, still, I, it's a completion. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, those like Banjo Kazooie, <laughs> Mario sixty four, like yeah. those are my jam. Those are yeah, my games. Sure. So I I'd, I have to. I love the DK rap. Is it, it's great. Is it true your it's favorite <laughs> your favorite game of all time is Donkey Kong Country too? Yes, is that right? Dunk. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's why I was when I saw the the SNES classic. I knew that DKC one would be there, but definitely not two. Yeah. I think two is is. I a, wish that they had put two on on this collection for sure. Yeah, but I, but I love the I love the approach of taking kind of like a game that is representative of a genre or of a series. <laughs> But yeah, it yeah. would be nicer if they picked the best one in the series. I mean, I think especially for the U.S. release of the SNES Classic, I think it's it's silly that Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island are on it. Not that those yeah. both aren't fantastic games, but the fact that those both those two are on, but not Donkey Kong One and Two, because I feel like Donkey Kong Two is arguably a better game. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. M- musically, graphically, gameplay wise, it's it's a much much better game. We we digress. Yeah. What um, about what about Diddy Kong Racing? Yeah. Diddy Kong oh, Racing yes. could be on yeah. There? yeah, I'm down for that. But do you yeah. have that and Mario Kart? Yeah, they're very different. Oh, they're very, very yeah. different. One has one has airplanes. <laughs> and hoverboats. And I, feel like, I feel like Diddy Kong is like a party cart almost, whereas yeah. like Mario Kart is There's more like, a like weird adventure mode. Serious. Yeah. Like it has that overworld with the adventure mode. How do, how do oh, you feel oh, about... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the first console Mario Golf was on N64. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, the, that, would oh, yeah. On, that would have mm-hmm. to be on there. Was this Camelot? There was also tennis and stuff. Mario Tennis. And then how do you feel about third party? like a Turok or something like do they hold up or can you not go <laughs> uh, back to them man the last time I saw Turok the, the original was for some N64 feature we did a couple years ago Ooh, that game looks yeah. bad it runs smoothly but it you can't see smoothly. anything can't and then Turok 2 everywhere. does not run smoothly but it you looks see, pretty yeah, good clear. Yeah. the weapons are just so cool in those games they just feel so right and like uh, Cerebral Bore was two, right? Two. two. That's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was that's awesome. The one. Yeah. What about uh, is it Star Wars Shadow of the Empire? Or Shadow of the Empire was yeah, on. Yeah, that, that, that was, was Rogue like Squadron a, too. Yeah, yeah. The Rogue original Squadron. Rogue Squadron was really great. I would put Rogue Squadron on there, but you're not going to get that licensing job done. Yeah. Here's a weird one. Uh, Space Station Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not a weird one at all. That's yeah. great. I love Space Station Silicon yeah. Valley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Rockstar. So weird. I think yeah. was well DMA. Well, DMA, DMA. But yeah. 
I, I think it was actually Barrett who played Body Harvest for a feature, right? Like <laughs> you played, guys made him play he, Body Harvest. Uh, he, I made him play Body Harvest and Space Station Silicon Valley for a uh, Grand Theft Auto feature. So yeah. it it was developed by then DMA uh, Games, who are DMA Rockstar, Design, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. DMA Design, that's right. Yeah. Um, and Body Harvest and S- Space Station Silicon Valley have a lot of those GTA elements of like you know taking over cars and vehicles yeah. or, or creatures. Yeah, it's Silicon pretty Valley. funny because like to 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 look at it now. Especially body harvesting yeah. comparison to GTA, like you can run up alongside these like jeeps, and the character does like a full front flip into the jeep, yeah. and then you can take off and drive. And like that's really interesting to think about. They didn't in, want to animate it. Yeah, in yeah. like five years, you'd be playing GTA Three, where you know, like you can just get in any vehicle and drive it away. Like, but, yeah, but you will. You probably wouldn't put body harvest on that. No, hell no. That yeah. game's like not all good. the Duke Nukem <laughs> Zero Hours and. Any of those games that just don't... You don't want to play Earthworm Jim 3 on the N64? <laughs> yeah, or, Cas- or Castlevania 64, what about, what about probably. This? No. Not Castlevania 64, but what about this? Tony Hawk 2. Yeah, that's a that's actually probably yeah. one of the best games on the N64 from the third-party realm. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's not synonymous with the device. Neither no. is Resident Evil, for example. No, Resident right? Evil 2. Yeah, they they yeah. managed to cram... What was it that they left out on the cart? The FMV was there. It's just really impressed. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it's, I thought maybe there was no voice acting in Resident Evil Two. No, they have it. It's just it was there, very, but it was very, 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 very compressed. Very yeah, tinny. I remember yeah. It was they brought. It wasn't very fact- good to begin with. So <laughs> yeah. they, they brought in Factor Five, the Rogue Squadron team, to help with the audio compression and, and some oh, yeah. audio compression. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we mentioned Majora's Mask. We we did we, we did, did. I, yeah he was. So par- it depends. If you're telling me you, I can only put twenty games on there. And then you're asking me to include like all of the best third party and first party games. I think you got to cut somewhere. And I would say you put one game representative of every franchise. And yeah, you put Star Fox 64 on there instead of Majora's Mask, even though Majora's Mask is such a so much better. Sure, but the NES Classic had the original Zelda and Link's Adventure. I mean, I think there's room for you know because they're not similar at all. Well, I mean, that's they're true. so different. Well, I, f- yeah. I think the the difference between the SNES and NES and the Theoretical N64 is that uh, really with the N64, they really shined with their first party stuff. There was a lot of third party slog that. Just, like yeah. I just don't think no, yeah. would ever appear yeah. on the N64. You could probably make an N64 Mini using only first only Nintendo games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably going to happen. It's, it's probably not going to be 20 games. I guarantee it'll be maybe 10 to 15 tops. And remember, the N64 was the machine where they lost Square. Yep. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. you know they lost Take they lost Enix after a while. They had yeah. mischief makers, but then nothing. You know, it just kind of everything dried up. Capcom. You know, took a while to come back to the machine, yeah. and yeah, S- scour the internet and take a look at the Final Fantasy VI demo for oh, N64. It's so good, and and tell me that Those if you were Square characters. and you saw that, you wouldn't be like, I think we're gonna go over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious. Though, like, I'm curious. Technically, do you think it's actually like feasible an N64 mini? Yeah, like they can make it small, they I can think, make it cheap. I think and put the a hardest bunch of games on it. I think the hardest part would be the controller. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do they build? Do they build a controller with rumble and memory capacity yeah. built like all in one? Yeah. Like, does it, does it come with it, four? Does, does it, come it come with, with two? Four controllers? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, memory and storage and rumble and controller, all that stuff is more expensive. So yeah. it it probably they wouldn't be able to pull it off like this. Either they go and just have ten games. Yeah. Or they charge charge more. I th- I think. But mm. come on, somebody made an Ouya too. 
And that yeah, doesn't nobody that was that. but that wasn't that <laughs> expensive. Like and that hardware had a lot in it. It had, you know, it had Bluetooth technology yeah. and Wi Fi and all that stuff, which is not in these machines. Sounds like right? we're gonna get another Ouya next year in this new Atari box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sure does. Atari That's Ouya. a Linux box. Yep. Yeah. That's weird. Very interesting. Very well bizarre. let's hope yeah. this N sixty four classic comes to pass. Yeah, I hope it does. Um this is, that's all the time we have this week. It, it felt way too short. Um, I think uh, you are going to get ambushed by Mike, who does uh, some of our vlogs, our behind-the-scenes content. So if you want to see more of Gerard, be sure to look for that. Awesome. Um, it posts yeah. the day after NVC usually uh, on Saturdays or Sundays. So look for that as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's the show for uh, for this week. Um, I'm dreading next week when another 12 new games will come out. <laughs> this show is going to be two hours Dreading and celebrating. Dreading and celebrating. But now we have some really good games to play in the gap. So even if they don't release anything next week, I'd be happy with the Switch lineup. Yeah. At the very least, you've got this. I got that. <laughs> I, yeah. I have been neglecting any it. sort of new game this week, just playing Super Mario World, uh, Super Mario World and uh, Yoshi's Island. So Awesome. Yeah. When people are not watching NVC, uh, where can they find you, gentlemen? I'm on Twitter, Dame Zero. And you, you also host a couple of shows for yeah, us, right? Say, I host you... a, a video game podcast called Game Scoop. Game Scoop, I've heard Scoop. of that. Yeah, that covers everything. Nintendo, Sony, uh, Microsoft, PC, Atari, all of it. What's Turbo Graphics. What did you talk about this week? Uh, it's the latest update on Game of the Year Watch. Oh, okay. Uh, we do this every quarter, and now we have new stuff to add, like Shadow of War, Forza 7, Pyre, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. So we it's, stack them up against all the other great games of the year, like Zelda, Horizon. I was going to say, is Breath of the Wild still up there? Or are people starting to forget now that we're moving no, farther away? No, it's, no, can't you, forget you Breath of the Wild. You do not forget Breath of the Wild. Right. It's still my personal <laughs> favorite game of the year. It's the only 10 IGN has given this year. Yep. Okay, very cool. How about you? Uh yeah you uh what do you want to sign out? So you have a channel, right? Yes, I do. I do a thing. Yeah. Uh yeah, you can find me on youtube.com/slash/that-one-video-gamer, or you can just go to YouTube and search the Completionist. You'll see my bearded face all over the place. Great. Any any expansions? When's your Snapchat channel launching? Or <laughs> nothing? What's what's the next game you're going to complete? Uh, the next game is Stick of Truth. Nice uh, oh. to, to celebrate. Uh, Fractured butthole coming out next week. So that's a game I'd love to see ported to the Switch for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Zachariah? Uh, I'm on Twitter at ZachariahSD, and you can catch me every week right here on Nintendo Voice Chat. That's right. And I'm Pear Schneider, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at PearIGN, and uh, you can also find me on NVC next Friday. Be sure to tune in, subscribe, and leave a nice message. We're out. Get the thing. That's my line.